Welcome to Kyo Reset. God loves you, and he's all about second chances. He's made us brand new. You know, reset means to start over, set anew, to set, adjust, or repair in a new way, to put back in the correct position for healing. Reset is about you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Get a brand new start today and embrace God's plan for your life. Get ready for a reset. Welcome back. This is Pastor Daryl, and this is Turn Life Session number four. And today we're going to talk about how to grow in the grace and develop in the things of God. And one particular area is prayer. We talk about it. Prayer, what is it? Basically means talk to God. When we pray to God, it's talking to Him. We're relating to Him. We're connecting with Him. It's all about building that relationship with God. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Real quickly, it's three words, short, succinct, concise, but to the point. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. This means that prayer is an integral part as a Christian, as a believer, in our relationship with God and how to grow in that relationship. You must understand that there are different kinds of prayer. There are different sports. There's baseball, there's basketball, there's football, there's soccer, tennis, you name it. There's a bunch of different sports, but they all have different rules. And just like there are different rules for different sports, there are different rules or different guidelines to prayer. Now, Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. This is the prayer of agreement. It's a prayer that increases the power of our authority. Like, again, it says if any two of us agree on earth and ask anything... It's done by God our Father who is in heaven. This is the prayer of agreement. We're in agreement. We agree together that God is going to answer and move uh, on our prayers. There's another type of prayer, the prayer of commitment. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, as you turn there, Casting all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Or one translation says, We cast all of our cares on Him, God, because He cares for you or cares for us. We are committing all of our cares to God, and He is committed to care for us in return. This is the prayer of commitment. We're committing everything to God. We're trusting God with all of our anxiety, all of our fears, everything that worries us, and He is going to care for us and take care of what we commit to Him. Now, there may be things that are bothering you and outside of your control. Your boss may drive you insane, drive you crazy, but maybe... Maybe your boss persecutes you. Maybe they mock you because of your relationship with Jesus. Or maybe a coworker does. This would be a time to commit this to the Lord with prayer. Every time you're worried about it, every time it bugs you, every time it just fills up your mind, you cast your worry, cast your cares onto the Lord, and He will care for you. Another type of prayer is the prayer of faith. James 5, 14, 15 says, Is anyone among you sick that he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord? And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. They will be forgiven of him. This is the prayer of faith and it heals the sick. It says, If anyone's sick, call for the elders of the church, pastors, elders, leaders, Pray, they will pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. That prayer in faith, that prayer of faith will heal the sick. And it even says it will restore, restore them from sickness 
and the Lord will raise them up. And if they've been forgiven of sins, if they've committed sins, they're forgiven. It's the prayer of faith. Another prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. That's the prayer of thanksgiving, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Philippians 4.6 says that we cast all of our cares and anxiety unto the Lord with prayer and in thanksgiving. That may also apply in the prayer of thanksgiving, being thankful to God. There is also the prayer of intercession, 1 Timothy 2. Chapter one, uh, chapter First Timothy, chapter two, verse one. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings, be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires. This is the key part. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay, exhort intercessions and giving of thanks to all men okay we're basically exhorting and get and praying and interceding and giving of thanks for all people okay this is a prayer that you pray on the behalf of a lost person a person who doesn't know Jesus a lost friend a lost neighbor a lost boss a lost loved one and you pray that Lord the the Lord desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So when you're praying for someone, use this scripture. Lord, I pray that my friend, and you just name them. Lord, it's your desire that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. There's also the prayer of consecration. Matthew 26, 39 says, And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Okay, Jesus is praying, Let this cup pass from me. Okay, it's a different kind of prayer. If it be your will, I'll take that job. This is telling the Lord that you will do His will when you don't know what His will is. Now, people will take the rules of one type of prayer and mix them with another type of prayer. Be leery of this, okay? The only prayer or shown how to pray the Lord's will, Jesus says, when Jesus healed people, Jesus never said, Lord, if it be your will. In fact, a man asks, Lord, if it's your will, heal me. He says, I am willing, and he heals him. Okay, you can't mix up like a prayer of healing with a prayer of consecration. You know, some people may take different rules and try to apply them. Okay, you can't mix these things up. When we make requests to God, we go to God. In John 16, 23, it says, In in that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Whatever you ask God the Father in the name of Jesus, Scripture says He will give it to you. Jesus says, ask God the Father what you want and do it in Jesus' name. So what if we don't know the will of God? Okay, Which, by the way, I was talking about Matthew 26, 39. Jesus was praying, Lord, if it's not your will, take this cup from me. That's before He went to the cross. As we all know, He went to the cross, died, and rose again three days later. But sometimes we don't know the will of God. We just don't. So sometimes people will pray, Lord, if it's your will. Now, when you, you're committing, like, that's when you don't know what to do. A time when you're like, all right, Lord, I want to do what you want. I want to honor you. I want to do the will of the Father. Okay? So Hebrews 1.3 says, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Jesus is the expressed image of God. And the Bible says that God wants everyone to be saved. He wants everybody to be saved. 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. 
The Lord wants all to come to repentance. Now, does that mean everybody will? No, not everybody will. But His desire and His wish is that all would come to repentance. God wants everyone to be saved. Now, does everyone in your neighborhood know Jesus? Is everyone at your school saved and trusted in Jesus as Lord? Most don't know or just have rejected God's way. A lot of people just don't know God or don't know the things of God, or they've just rejected God's way. If people don't know what belongs to Him and don't know how to receive, they can't have it or get it unless they know about it. People will not understand it. They will not get it. They will not know how to receive it until they know about it. So that's our job. We have to tell people about Jesus. Now, we must know God's will, and that is why we need to know the Word of God. The Bible is not an accident. The shortest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 117. The longest in the Bible is Psalm uh, 119. The middle chapter in the entire Bible is Psalm 118. And the middle verse within that chapter is Psalm 118.8. The Lord is in the middle of that verse. And that verse sums up the whole Bible. Okay, that is by design. Okay, God designed this. Nothing in the Bible is an accident. Okay, by the way, there are 594 chapters before Psalm 118, and there's 594 chapters after Psalm 118. Okay, the total number of chapters in the Bible, 1,188, the total number of chapters. That's just like the middle verse. You split that in half, like once again, only God would design it this way, 11, okay, 118 colon 8. That's the middle verse of the Bible. Only God would design the Bible in such a way. Only God, all this is by design, okay? God gave us this book to show us His will. We don't find out His will through our surroundings or our feelings. We get it by His Word, the Word of God, the Bible. Now, let me ask you a question. If a bank gets robbed, is that God's will? No, that's not God's will. It's not God's will to steal. That contradicts His Word. God, thou shalt not steal, or you shall not steal, children getting abused, or people getting murdered. Is that God's will? No. No. So when we pray, we pray that Jesus would, how He would have prayed. It's important not to mix up the rules uh, and to understand them and how that, you know, certain rules apply to certain types of prayer. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Jesus, the Scripture says that Jesus is our intercessor, and He sits at the right hand of the Father, and He speaks. Well, that's why we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus is right next to God, sitting next to Him, telling Him about us. So every time we pray in Jesus' name, He's telling the Father. Now, in the first lesson, I told you that we are in Jesus, and He is in us. When we ask for something, God answers the prayer because of Jesus. He's our intercessor, speaking to the Father on our behalf. So it's very important that you pray for spiritual growth. Ephesians 1, 15-17 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. This verse means that what you're praying for is wisdom and revelation. You need both. You need to be able to open your Bible and it's like a light bulb turns on and you understand it. This is revelation. And the Holy Spirit, He helps you get this. Now, just for the sake of, let's practice this. Okay, let's do this. Read Ephesians 1, 17 through 23 and put your own name in there. Put your own name in the scripture. Okay, I'm going to start it. 
This is one translation. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to me who believes according to the working of his mighty power. And we can keep going. Put your name in there and pray, pray it for yourself. The Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write these words. Now, do you want to pray for more power and for love? Let's go to Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power, with power, through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. This is that God would strengthen your inner man, that new spirit that God has put in you, the Spirit of God. He's in there. The Holy Spirit, He's inside of you right now. And that's to strengthen your inner man and also to strengthen you not only in power, but in love. Pray these two prayers for yourself, and this will help you grow in power and in love. Now, there's also praying in the Holy Spirit. And some people are confused about what this means. Okay, I'm going to read Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Okay, this is one kind of prayer that is effective. Praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in the tongues, they are the same thing. Now, there's the gift of tongues, and that's when we get into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit are the same thing. 1 Corinthians 14.2 For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his Spirit he speaks mysteries. 1 Corinthians 14.14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Again, praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit are the same thing. What benefits come from this? Let's look at verse 14. It says, All your prayers flow through your mind, and your mind governs what is being said. Okay, Your mind governs what is being said. What if you don't know what to pray for? What if the devil was trying to do something to you and you needed to stop it? Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. There are some cases that we don't know what to pray for. And it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us because we can't express it in our own vocabulary what God wants to say. Now there's a pastor I know, he went on a trip to California, and he just sensed danger and that just something was wrong. He didn't know what to pray for, but he sensed like something, it just came over him, something was just wrong. So he prayed, Lord, help me by the power of the Holy Spirit know what to pray for and help me to pray. So he said quietly, he began to pray. Don't always do this out loud. It's going to confuse people. And he said, he said after an hour, he sensed all was well. The next day he went to a park and there was a bridge with people looking at a waterfall. He heard a scream. His five-year-old son was in the middle of the road and he was about to get run over by a car. There was no time to pray, but somehow that car missed his son. And when the whole thing was over... I remember him telling the story. He said, The Holy Spirit said, Yesterday what you felt on the plane was this. The burden you had to pray was to pray for your son. And that prayer saved his son. He also mentioned another time this same pastor felt compelled to pray at a church for about 10 minutes. 
He interrupted his teaching. He was doing a seminar, and he just felt that the people there, he, they stopped everything that they did, and they continued to pray right there in the chapel. On that same day, the pastor of the church he was speaking in was in India, and his life was in danger on that day at that very time. They found this out later. So without them knowing it, they were really the Lord and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, led them to pray for this man, for this pastor. And that man lived and got out of danger because of their prayer. So a lot of times the Holy Spirit, He will lead us to pray even when we don't understand it. But it says He speaks on our behalf even when we don't know what to say and don't know the right words to say. This is praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. One of the benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit is to build yourself up. Edify means to charge up and strengthen yourself up. Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, praying in the Holy Spirit will not give you faith, but it will help you be strong in the faith you already have. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you can pick up your faith, and it will also help you get refreshed. Isaiah 28, 11-12 says, Indeed, He, God, will speak to His people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue. He who said to them, Here is rest, I give rest to the weary, and here is repose, but they would not listen. This says that praying in the Holy Spirit will refresh you and give you rest. So praying in the Holy Spirit, you're praying for things that you don't always know are going on. And the Spirit will, when praying in that, it says the Holy Spirit prays and speaks on your behalf on situations like I just mentioned. Praying in the Holy Spirit builds you up on your most holy faith. It charges you up. It strengthens you up and strengthens your faith. It also refreshes you and gives you rest. This scripture also says that there will be people that will be opposed or opposition to praying in the Holy Spirit. And a lot of that's because they don't understand. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 addresses this. It says we're to sing in the Spirit, sing in the understanding. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the understanding. There's both, but 1 Corinthians 14 also says, uh, you know, there's need to be, if you're going to do it out in a church service, there has to be interpretation. Otherwise, you're out of order. So you're not always going to hear someone praying in the Spirit out in the middle of a service. And if you do, there's to be interpretation. Okay? Also, when it comes to praying in the Holy Spirit, you're not always going to feel like it. But the time to do it is when you're at your lowest or when you don't feel like it. When we feel the worst, that's when we need to pray. And when we pray, praying will bring rest and refreshment. I can't tell you how many times that I've prayed, uh, even when I didn't feel like it, and I felt more refreshed, more rested, more encouraged after praying. Not just praying in the understanding or in English, but also praying in the Holy Spirit. So remember to trust the Lord and His Word and not your feelings. Remember, your feelings will lead you astray. If we always went by our feelings, a lot of times we wouldn't even get out of bed. Make sure you do the things of God, honor Him, and pray, and how to pray effectively. So rules to praying in the Holy Spirit, real quickly. One, you do the speaking. Scripture says in Acts 2, they were all filled and they began to speak. It says the Spirit gave them the utterance. God will give you the words to say. One time I was praying for my wife, Tricia. And I had, been, I had listened to teaching on the Holy Spirit. I had prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which the baptism of the Holy Spirit is where uh, the, uh, you know, there's the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But I was praying for Tricia. And, and uh, you know, sometimes you, your mind will make you think you're making this up, but the Spirit in you is telling you to obey God. And so as I'm praying for Tricia, I just felt this utterance or this push 
to say something that started like, shuh, shuh. So I began, so I just felt this utterance or this push that says, just say it. It was like, just say it. And I, 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 so I finally just went, shuh, shuh, and I started to pray in it. And then I began to speak in other tongues. I began to speak and pray in the Holy Spirit. And as I did that, Trisha felt, she felt the power of God come through her shoulder. She said her shoulder was hurting, and she said it got better. Now, does it always happen that way? No. But that was the, but remember, I chose to speak. The Holy Spirit gave gives the utterance, or the I call it for me. I call it the push. It's like a push, like it was like an inner, like just say it, like a push, you know. And I said it, and again, you do the speaking. The Scripture says they began to speak. Number two, don't interrupt a service and stand up speaking in tongues. There's a time when tongues flow. I just spoke about that earlier. There must be interpretation if it's done out loud in the open in the middle of a service. There must be interpretation, and you can pray for interpretation. You can ask, hey, Lord, help me interpret that. It may not be for you, but there is the gift of interpretation of tongues. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But don't interrupt. There's a time for it to flow, time not to. This gift, praying in the Holy Spirit, is not for unbelievers. So don't speak in tongues around unbelievers. They won't understand it, and they'll be confused. And I've talked about that regarding 1 Corinthians 14. There are two flows to tongues. Our worship to God that doesn't need to be interpreted. The other is that a tongue is spoken during a service, and that means there must be interpretation. Now, this is how to pray effectively. Remember, we don't wait till we feel like it. We pray especially when we don't feel like it. So, this week, when you don't feel like praying, pray. And just be open to God. Say, God, I don't feel like praying. I am so tired. And then you'll notice is the more you do it, suddenly you won't be so tired. And you'll start telling God everything. And you'll start praying. And the Lord is going to encourage you. He's going to build you up. He's going to strengthen you. And in order to grow, you have to know how to pray. Now, this is just an overview of what prayer is. I want you to stretch your wings and become a prayer warrior. I want you to pray. So take this time this week, pray and seek God, honor Him, especially when you don't feel like it. This is Pastor Daryl, and until next time, God bless you.